on Curly Sherry Elliker Show, starring Sherry Elliker and her best friend, the teeny tiny lady in the pickle jar. We'll be choosing the letter of the day in just a little bit. Hello. Teeny and Sherry. There you go. Sherry, uh, teeny, say hi to Sherry. It's Sherry. Sherry. Hi, Sherry. Sherry. Hello, Susan. Sherry. Vote for me. I'm Joe Biden. I'll uh, forgive your college debt. Vote for me, you youngsters out there. I know you. I don't. You can't relate to me very well, but uh, I'll I'll forgive your college debt. Um, not so fast, says the state of Nebraska and some other states as well. The president of the United States doesn't have the ability to forgive uh, student debt, um, and so now the Supreme Court is hearing the case. I was just reading some of the transcripts, some of the stuff that's coming out now. It doesn't seem like it's going too well for Biden and the Biden folks uh, regarding the forgiveness of the student debt. The president doesn't have that power, and the Supreme Court will make this decision. I assume we'll be able to hear what they have to say, unless somebody leaks it um, a little later on. Let's see. Any details in this thing stick out to you, Sherry? Like thinking, well, maybe he does have the right to, and maybe he can get rid of student debt. No, it doesn't look like it's going in that direction. Um, remember, what they're trying to do is um, they've got a, two questions that they're trying to answer the Supreme Court. Whether the states mm-hmm. and borrowers have standing to challenge the program and whether yes. the Biden administration exceeded its authority with the plan. They're basing mm-hmm. this on something called the HEROES Act. And the HEROES Act <laughs> allows, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess the Department of Education to waive or modify some kind of a student loan program, in this case, a student loan program, um, in connection with a national emergency. So they're using COVID as the reason that they can use the HEROES Act to now have uh, people not have to pay back their student loans. Or, of course, it's $10,000 if you make less than $125,000 or a Pell Grant um, if you meet a certain income and that that's also another $10,000. So about $20,000 could go to um a, a, you know a lot of it different people depending on what their income is and what they you know what the, what they have uh taken out. So it, it sounds like you know they're really questioning this and this is very much going toward the argument that Congress needs to address this not the <laughs> Supreme Court. There's that. But the first part is the president of the United States under the Constitution does not have the ability to do this. Quote, not everybody realizes it, but the president can only postpone, delay, but not forgive student loans. It would take an act of Congress, not an executive order to cancel student loan debt. Close quote. Nancy Pelosi. Here's uh, Neil Gorsuch. Here's Supreme Court Neil Gorsuch. What I think they argue that is missing is cost to other persons in terms of fairness, for example, people who've paid their loans, people who um, don't have planned their lives around not seeking loans um, and people who are not eligible for loans in the first place, and that a half a trillion dollars is being diverted to one group of favored persons over others. I think that's the nature of their argument, in addition to, as you point out, the cost of the fisc. I didn't see anything in the memorandum that dealt with those kinds of questions. That's that's deep in there. The whole thing should be thrown out. We are not in a state of emergency. You can't use the HEROES Act for this. Plus, the president of the United States does not have the ability 
to do this. And you can't just write an executive order. Then we don't need to have Congress. We can have everything done through executive orders. Oh, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to give away a half a trillion dollars. I'm going to do this over here. Well, what under what law? Oh, under my executive order. Um, here is Supreme Court Justice. This is Kagan. Mohila isn't here, General Crawford. Is that correct? Uh, Mohila is not here, it but it's interesting. It has the ability to sue and be sued. It's been set up as an independent corporate entity with the ability to bring suits on its own. Usually we don't allow one person to step into another's shoes and say, I think that that person suffered a harm, even if the harm is very great. Um, uh, we, 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 we leave it to the person, him or her or itself, to make that judgment. Now here the state has derived very substantial benefits from setting up Mohila as an independent body with um, uh, uh, financial distance from the state and sue-and-be-sued authority. So why isn't Mohila responsible for deciding whether to bring this suit? Uh, we don't deny that Mohila has, could file a suit like that, but the state's interest is directly implicated here, so it is allowed to assert the interest it has in Mohila directly. But I guess, there, I mean, there are third parties all the time who have an interest in, gosh, I, I wish that party over there would bring a suit um, because... Uh, I have some relationship with that third party, and I would like it very much if that third party represented its own interests better, in my view. But we don't do that. We, 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 we don't allow that kind of um, uh, uh, interference with the decision of the entity involved to decide whether the harm is of the kind that, uh, that they want to sue for. So that she's arguing about standing so nebraska saying if this goes through this is how it affects us looking for standing what are your damages in order to be able to seek the court's action nebraska points out and don't need to get complicated on it but just again go back to the very beginning you can't have an executive order that says i'm basically going to spend because you're going to spend it a half a trillion dollars because that's debt that is owed to the American people that has been given to these college kids. And now you decide, well, we're just going to write it all off because we're in a state of emergency. I, I assume the court will dispatch of this thing rather quickly. I, I think so. Justice Roberts, I thought, made a really good example here. He said, um, you have two high school graduates. One takes out a loan to attend college, and then that is forgiven by the government. Another decides to start a lawn care service, receives a bank loan to do so, and then sees his tax dollars used to support the cancellation of the student loan. Yeah. It's not fair on so many Mm -hmm. levels. But again, if this stands, this will do some very serious damage to the U.S. Constitution and to the division of power and to the equal branches of the government and to the fact that the President of the United States, maybe you like this old geezer that's in there right now, you can get somebody else in there and maybe that new person can start to determine how they're going to spend. And they just bypass Congress. The reason Nancy Pelosi was upset on that, and she you know, talked about nobody can do this, you're stepping right over the authority of the House. Mm-hmm. The House is elected for two years and two years only because they are the closest to the checkbook. They are the only ones that hold the pen and the checkbook to write checks to spend money. The Senate can't do it. The President of the United States can't do it. Only out of the House can money be spent. The Senate can request 
but only co- only those guys in the house, Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the crew, they're all in there. Only they have the power to spend. The power of the purse is held in the house. The president of the United States cannot do this. We're set up that way. I Again, I hope the Supreme Court just simply says, sorry, although Nebraska is going to have to be able to try to prove standing on the thing. Um or some other case will come up later on, but we can't have the president. I don't care who it is, Republican or Democrat, because it destroys the entire system and how it's set up. How about this woman in Tacoma? Arrest warrant has been issued for this woman in Tacoma who refuses to get treatment for her tuberculosis. TB is curable, uh, but if left untreated, can re- result in death. And then you can easily infect other people with it as well. So the warrant is out for her arrest. Holy moly. Yeah, the health department's been working with her for a year trying to get her isolated or to get treatment. I I can't imagine how many people she's come in contact with for a year. Well, maybe Fox 13 could help. Here's what I know about this current case. A woman in Tacoma has tuberculosis. A source told me the woman is in her 70s, but due to patient privacy laws, health officials can't give me more details. This is something that we want to make sure we move very carefully and appropriately through to make sure we're balancing you know, the restrictions to, on the indiv- individual with protecting the public's health. Nigel Turner is the Division Director of Communicable Disease Control for Tacoma Pierce County Health Department. I asked him about this current patient. Are you guys in touch with this person? Absolutely, yes. Okay. We're working with them and their family to, to, again, persuade them to take the medication. Do you know how long you've been working with them? I can't release that. Do you know if you're looking to utilize that legal avenue? We're still working on this. It's still in, in process. That legal avenue is a Washington state law which allows the public health department to get a court order for people with tuberculosis to get treatment or go to jail. It gets to the point where they're not following the rules. They can go to jail where they're isolated and then they get the treatment. They have to take it or they just sit in jail until they do take the treatment. Uh, it it's actually requires isolation and, until uh, they're, they're no longer in, infectious. Okay. And with TB, that could be months, right? Like the treatment process? It could be, yes. It, the TB is a slow-growing organism and, and can take a while to, to, to treat. Tuberculosis is contagious, spreading through the air from one person to another, but not as fast as other diseases. And that's why this law is in effect, because once a patient is identified, they can be isolated away from the population before the disease spreads unlike other faster-moving viruses and diseases. Turner tells me in the last two decades, three people have gone to jail in Pierce County for not getting treatment. This is the very, very last resort that we want to go to. We really want to work with people voluntarily, and the vast majority of people do that. Well, you know know me, Sherry, Mr. Sunshine. Mm Mm-hmm. Go on, Mr. Sunshine. Thank you. If you did go to jail... And people, what are you in for? And you're talking to six, you know, some, you know, guy who's killed people or something. You just say, oh, I'm in for TB. Everybody leaves you alone. <laughs> well, I, I think I think they do that Thank for you, you because I think you are in I think you are in a lot of isolation at that point. I don't know that you're That's able to true. mix it up with the regular po- with the general population. I think you, you you're kind of sequestered a little bit. Which is probably why it's hard to get people to agree to the treatment because they have, if they have to be taken out of their daily lives and mm-hmm. put in isolation, and he said the treatment could last months, that, that mm-hmm. might be a mm-hmm. reason why people don't want to do it. Okay, she's a 70-some-year-old woman living in Tacoma. She probably has some time on her hands. I'm just making some sweeping, you know, talk show radio 
generalizations. You know, what are you planning on? You know, I'm going to get better from my TB, take the medicine and get better. Why, why not? Someone hasn't told her, you know, what this thing can do to her and what it can do to other people. They're in talks with her. They know who she is. They've been mm-hmm. discussing stuff with her. So, you know, maybe do the same thing we did with that whole COVID uh, canard where you start to give people like, uh, oh, you can win a truck or you can get $100,000 or we'll send you to college or, you know, we'll give you a T-shirt or something. Remember all the incentives they rolled out? The lotteries. The COVID, the COVID vaccine was so good and it saved so many lives that they had to bribe people with lottery tickets and college educations in order to get it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like a $50 gift certificate, uh, all kinds of it, state by state. You know, it, so if you looked at it, it was, it was a lot of a lot of stuff you could get. It wasn't bad. Yeah. And everybody that got one already was like, wait a minute. Why did I even bother to get one? I should have waited so I could get some kind of a payoff. You do. You get myocarditis. Um, <laughs> how about or you could take all your teeth out and uh, cash in that way. The the tooth fairy, everybody does this story every single year when it comes to inflation. Is the tooth fairy leaving more or less money behind when it comes to teeth that are left underneath the old pillow there? Um, it's a lot. I mean, a 379% increase from 1998. I was a little bit surprised that people are still, um, you know, that kids are still doing the whole tooth fairy thing. Mm-hmm. I thought by now that there would have been some problem with it or something. The tooth fairy wasn't, uh, you know, politically correct or there was some oh, issue no, with it. No, 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 tooth fairy. No, I, uh, the kids, when they were little, the tooth fairy used to come. And then I wrote a children's story, which I sent to my sister. And she said, I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I can't say anything positive about this story. Because I always wonder, the kids ask me, what does the tooth fairy do with his, with the teeth after they get them? And I thought, oh, that, that could be a good story. So I had the, all the tooth fairies were living in this, like, great big kind of um, super-duper castle. And they spend their days, after they collect the teeth, going down into the basement and grinding them up into uh, pixie dust or fairy dust. And Lori's like, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the point that kind of just... Ah, can't quite get past that. Little tiny fairies down there grinding the teeth up with ball-peen hammers and machines into dust. Well, could I you like rewrite it? it? Sort of sweet. Mm. And make, yeah? and make this, the tooth fairies have special powers, so when they touch the tooth, it would, it would dissolve into a, some sort of a powder. Like, they wouldn't have to do the whole grinding and oh i had him yeah i had him downstairs i had him down in the basement of the castle for like weeks on end grinding away sweating and blistered hands yeah we want the tooth fairy to be more like tinkerbell and not like uh, a scene out of breaking bad you know i mean you want it to be kind of i see i see where you're going sweet you know all right I'm, i'm open to that i'm open to that all right all right. By the way, a tooth yeah. in 2022 can get you about $5.36 on average. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Yeah. Well, I'll pull one out. And then I go to <laughs> dentalspecialiesnorthwest.com and put it back in again. Here we go. Bucky's, Bucky's Auto Service Centers. This is Carter Bucky's. Why? Because Bucky's has been around for 52 years. Come on now. 
They've got 16 locations. Take the car to Bucky's. They'll do it right every single time. Wearing rubber gloves long before is fashionable. Men and women at Bucky's. Are they really going to outlaw this in Florida? Your dog cannot stick its head out the window? They're trying to. Um, they've got a few safety laws that they think are going to help animals. Uh, one of them is dogs hanging their heads out the window and sitting on laps. So you cannot have a little dog or any dog really sitting on your lap while you're driving or have another a dog, you know, putting their head out the window, enjoying the, the wind. Oh. And they're going to enforce this? So somebody's got their dog with the head out the window, enjoying the many smells of Florida. And there are many. The dog has, is it 300 million olfactory senses in its nose? And I think the human being has 6 million. Thank God. Can you imagine what life would be like if we actually had as many as dogs? Oh, my Mm. God. Oh, let's just think about that for a moment. Okay. So the dog sticks its head out the window because... They love all the different smells. Then they list all these things, that dangers, that debris. Okay, the dog could fall out the window, yes. Or it also has some effect upon its ears if it's there for a long time. But life is short, and you're a dog, and you want to be able to enjoy yourself? What else are they going to outlaw in Florida when the dog decides it needs to give it, like, a personal bath, Sherry? You know what I mean by that? <laughs> uh, no. No, I don't know what that means. Jacob? I also am in, uh, ignorant of what a personal... Wait. Maybe I'm putting oh, it together. Oh, I know what you mean. Okay. Okay. Cleaning okay. the dog. It's cleaning <laughs> himself. Right? Yep. Okay. Understood. Did well, they outlaw that next? I don't think so, but they are <laughs> trying to outlaw um, declawing of cats. Okay. And... Um, they also, and this is a really good one, I think. This is uh, limiting the time a dog can be tethered outside, or any animal can be tethered outside. Also, they're going to have a registry of animal abusers, which is happening in a few states across the country. Um, it, it's, I'm sure there are some loopholes and workarounds for that, but it does then uh, allow people like shelters to go to the registry and not allow a person who is on it to adopt an animal. Yeah, I I still see a lot of people with their dogs in the backs of back of the pickup trucks around here. Oh, that is that is really dangerous because the dog could jump out, and also there's no way for that dog to be able to uh, stop itself if if the driver has to stop short. I, At least I know, if it's in I, the back seat, you know they can. I mean, if they bumped up against the front seat, it wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't be like a pickup truck. Do you have seat belts for your dogs? We don't, but what we have okay. is uh-huh. a. Um, <laughs> oh it's sort of like <laughs> car it's seats. sort of like no, it's like netting almost, where it's a car. It's sort of a car thing where it goes uh, across the back of the back seat and then mm-hmm. up around to the front seat. So it's sort of uh-huh. a barrier. So it's it's mostly so the dogs don't crawl up and and stand on your lap or try to interfere with your driving. Um, but it is, right. it does, it's some degree of safety. Okay. Just checking. I just yeah. thought for sure you'd be the seatbelt kind of gal. Uh, you remember the story we did the other day about, um, the man that, or the, I think it was a woman that dropped the, knocked over the, uh, balloon animal, right? The $45,000 art piece. Well, there's apparently some guy now wants to buy all the pieces. I was pieces. pointing to this Jeff Coons balloon dog sculpture and showing my friend. And just as I said that, 
the piece fell over and it shattered oh. into a thousand pieces. That is artist and collector Stephen Gamson describing what happened last week when someone bumped into the pedestal and the sculpture <laughs> toppled at Art Winwood in Miami. It's chrome blue and looked like the kind of dog a clown might make from a balloon at a kid's birthday party, but made of porcelain. More people were crowding around and it just seemed almost like a... Like kind of like a, a how a car accident draws a big crowd. After another porcelain balloon dog was smashed to bits in 2016, Coons told Page Six it was not a big deal. He said, "quote It's a shame when anything like that happens, but you know, it's just a porcelain plate." Well, this dog-shaped plate attracted a lot of attention. As gallery crews came by with dustpans and boxes, Gamson started filming the aftermath on Instagram. That is Gamson asking gallery workers if he could buy a piece. Intact, the balloon dog sculpture is worth $42,000. No word on the price of pieces. Gamson says he's been collecting art since he was 17. I used to write letters to Keith Haring. And uh, I, I became a pretty significant Keith Haring collector. I also have gone dumpster diving for art, you know, places where I know famous artists have worked. And I, I don't do that so much anymore. But <laughs> Gamson says he doesn't really have a plan for the pieces if he acquires them. I was thinking uh-huh. I might put them in a in some sort of a plan. Does anybody at NPR have a plan for an ending for this story? Lexi box with a plaque on them. They could uh-huh. be introduced into a piece of art that I create myself. There's there's a lot of options. (laughs) So Jeff Koontz, who's the artist, really isn't all that upset about this at all. Uh, Another another porcelain balloon dog was destroyed in 2006. He didn't care. He says, it's a shame when anything like that happens, but, you know, it's just a porcelain plate. Yeah, I just keep pumping them out. Well, keep this in mind. He sold a Uh giant version of his balloon dog, $58.4 million in 2013. Six years later, there was a rabbit sculpture that he sold for $91 million. So the $44,000 or whatever this thing costs is really of little consequence to him. He's on a roll. He's on a roll. Oh, yeah. I learned how to, when I was the mime in New York City, my roommate and I, Mark Fortgang, would, we learned how to do balloon animals. And each one of us specialized in certain things because we didn't want to tread on each other's. Um, It's sort of an honor among mimes that, (laughs) excuse me. Excuse me. I'm glad there is some honor. I'm glad (laughs) that there is that in place because I was worried there wasn't enough honor among mimes. Well, like, for instance, if I'm trapped in an imaginary box, the other mime won't open the door. What's that? How does that song go? Thieves, mimes, tramps, and thieves? (laughs) Thieves. Thieves, thieves, tramps, and thieves. (laughs) And mimes. Anyway, we each specialize in our own type of... Like, I could do Snoopy on a unicycle juggling three balls. That was kind of my... You know, that was the one that brought the house down. And then he could do swords, hats with funny things on top. And then he did a dachshund with a big, you know, thing, big appendage and that was always oh that's funny i mean if you have to if you got to play blue like that that's fine but you know uh, the rest of us are a little more highbrow if you will enjoy your snoopy on a unicycle juggling three balls i can't i can't fathom how you did that with a balloon actually i would like can you still do it yeah i'll do it over the radio (laughs) how does people know it's snoopy like i mean did you have colors like was it black and white or how did they not identify it as snoopy uh, 
You could, it just it looked like Snoopy. And when you hand it to the kid, you go, here you go, Snoopy. Oh. I'm starting it now. Are you sure that's a balloon? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sounds a little suspicious. <laughs> okay. You know what? I can what? tell. No, I'm not among friends. I'm not among friends. I'm that's not a... among friends right now. <laughs> Next time you play my weird stomach sound, I'm just going to say that I'm making balloon animals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Going to Disneyland. This guy's been there for, uh, oh my God. He has visited the park 2,995 days in a row. And the thing that it frustrated me, did Guinness actually call him? Guinness World Book of Records called him? Or he had to call them to tell them? It sounded like from the article I'd read that, that they called him, say, hey, we heard you set a record. Is that true? Yeah, he wasn't trying for a record. Um, I think he he it crossed his mind, but he yeah, it was two thousand nine hundred ninety five visits, just short of the three thousand he thought that he wanted to uh, achieve. The reason he couldn't get to three thousand was because they shut down. So he went eight years, three months, and thirteen days every single day. In the beginning, he was unemployed. So it made it a little bit easier and uh-huh. he could go whenever he wanted to go. Once he got a job, he had to find different times to go so he could keep up with the consecutive days. So he went at late mm. night. He did, you know, took a day off, would go at lunchtime. Um, he also had to figure out how he was going to eat when he, if he was there during a meal because it's very right. expensive to eat there. It's very hard. Yes. It's a real commitment. So, <laughs> so <laughs> they, they shut down. Yeah. And then in April of 2021, he had an annual pass. They made it so you have to make a reservation to go to the, to the uh, park. And now the new annual passes block out certain dates in December. So these consecutive dates or being able to have this visitation record will no longer be possible. So taking taking it with them to the grave. There are people that are really into it. I mean, lots of collections, and then they've got yes. all sorts of tattoos and just into the whole Disney thing. Just, I'd never, I could never, just never caught on for me. Plus, since my dad took us there and we only stayed for a half a day and then we came home, that also put a dent in it. Yeah. Well, yeah, you don't have a great memory of it, so no. I don't imagine that that going back, to, say, two hundred or two thousand nine hundred ninety-five times would be something you would aspire to. It did, yes. Guinness World Records contacted him last week about a possible story about his visits. He said that he knew that it would be, um, he would be required to pay a fee to Guinness and other requirements if he set a world record. So he lost interest in it and j- just forgot about it. Is that true, where you have to pay a fee for them to come in, I guess, and investigate or verify your claim? Uh, yeah, or you have a witness with you and then you videotape it, but you do have to apply and give them some money or something like that for them to spend the time on it. Um, for, you know, for, for the different, for those people that just sort of show up at Disneyland to get a world record. I'm still going to get one, still going to get one. So it's funny when I tell people I'm trying to get in. At first, they seem excited by my passion, and then I can see that they're sort of looking for a natural exit, either in the conversation or within the structure that we're in, like a building. They're looking to get out of there somehow. They're backing away, or they try to dish me off onto somebody else. 
because I really get focused. I really, I really, I kind of lose track of time as I talk about my my dream of attempts. being the Guinness World Bucker. Yes, yeah, all the attempts. I I fully support it. I th- I'm fascinated by it, and I fully support it. I'm not kidding you. I think you could absolutely do it, but I'm your trying. failed attempts maybe were a little. Um, the jumping jacks was that my father killed that dream by coming downstairs and yelling at me when I was counting them out loud. And he did a mathematical equation explaining how many can you do in one minute. And then after 10 minutes, the re- number that you do reduces by X. So stop trying to count. Because I was like, 11,152, 11,153, 11,154, 11,155. My dad's like, what are you doing? I go, I'm going to set the world record. Forget this. I'm going to do like 38,462 jumping jacks. You're not going to be able to count and keep doing. So then he's drew out this math thing for me. And then he was explaining it to me, how it's supposed to work. And then I was like, ugh, I could get against World Booker Records for jumping jacks with math. <laughs> Just and like then, this then, guy. When he found out there was a fee, he said, no thanks. When you found out there was math, no thanks. No, I, and then the, then the toenail, and then the world record for most of them were water skiers, and then... Um, I thought I'd find something. But this is the thing. I think, for instance, the the unis or the whatever the water skiing thing that was maybe a little too ambitious and the jumping jack thing was maybe a little too physically mm, challenging the Mm -hmm. toenail it's just gross so i think you need to find something because it's amazing you need to invent your own thing right because that's that's it like you see the what makes a guinness world record it could be just about andrew sent them to me yeah andrew sent them the guy smashing eggs with his forehead yes yeah I mean, yeah. You could do that. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah, just search the YouTube page I sent you, <laughs> and for whatever pops to mind, and then see what see what see what exists. I think I could do. Pu- I think I could do the push up record. No, no, too too hard. You no, can do something in sixty easy. seconds. No, in sixty seconds. I'm gonna break it right now. Let's go to traffic, and I'll break that, <laughs> and then okay. it'll all be over.